The Rural Church Podcast 2.0. Just a couple of pastors discussing life, ministry, theology, and the gospel from a local church perspective. Eddie, what's it time for? The Rural Church Podcast. The Rural Church Podcast, episode 15. I was ready today, Eddie. Yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm your co-host, Alan Nelson, pastor of Perryville Second Baptist Church in Perryville, Arkansas. With me is my brother in the Lord, my buddy, and my co-labor in the gospel, Eddie Ragsdale. Say hello, Eddie. Hello, everybody. Eddie, did you take your boys hunting this weekend? I did not because my youngest son does not uh, want to hunt. And man, I feel so old. My oldest son's too old. He's yeah. too old for youth hunt. I, I didn't oh. think I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. He uh Brady couldn't hunt in youth hunt. He's 16, and you've got to be 15 and under for youth hunt. Six to 15. I thought I might point out six to 15. You know, sometimes you see these guys <laughs> and uh, they've got the baby and the baby carrier that just killed the, you know, yeah. 12 point buck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you something, Eddie. This week has been uh it was a tough week last week physically because I, we had the flu and my whole family and la- I was able to preach Sunday. We actually, my symptoms started like Monday night. And so I was, you know, by, by the time Sunday rolled around, I was, I was not contagious, but I was still exhausted. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but Wednesday I couldn't. And so Wednesday, like the last minute I had to message some of our men and I had like an extra guy step up and help run the van. I had a guy step up and teach. I had another guy take that guy's class. It was really encouraging. And it just reinforces this um, biblical understanding, I think, of the practicality of a plurality of elders. Now, we don't have a plurality of elders, but but you understand what I'm saying with these but men before- that are but to get to the point of plurality of elders, you have to have godly men who can step into those roles. And so what a blessing that is that you had men uh, godly enough uh, and ready to, especially those teaching roles, you know, in this, in your class, your class and other classes, uh, because if, if church doesn't have that, uh, then they definitely don't aren't, aren't going to have the men to step into the pastoral roles. Yeah. Yeah. What we want to talk about today is expositional preaching. And I know that that in some senses is a tired subject, but we're not going to, we're not going to talk about it today from a theoretical standpoint. We're going to talk about it from an on the ground standpoint. And we've said in the last couple episodes, Eddie, we said that the pulpit is not the, like you cannot, reform the church only from the pulpit like there has to be other things going on however neither one of us are minimizing the pulpit and so you can't reform the church without it either that's right so in this (laughs) this episode we're going to talk about expositional preaching from from the perspective you know from our perspective in our rural churches and we'll start a little bit um first of all i'm preaching through ephesians you're preaching through jonah we're actually tackling these books a little bit different which they should be tackled a little bit different because the genre you know of that you're dealing with 
And then the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, when you got to Jonah, I think you said you're on your third sermon. How did, how do you go about picking what book you're going to preach? And then how do you go about preparing for that book? Yeah, I think there are a few things. Um, our church, we, we just finished a, we've spent a few years uh, working through the book of Luke and we finished that. Um, it's not been a year ago, but it was, it was, it was early in the, probably the spring of this year, like April, maybe we finished maybe even may. Yeah. I'm, I can't remember for sure, but we finished Luke and we had been, I mean, I'd taken some breaks. It hadn't been every Sunday in Luke for the last four years, but we were in Luke a while. I think I started it the first sermons in Luke, maybe in 2018. Um, and, uh, and so I'd taken some breaks. I think that, that we want to be careful. I've told our church for a long time, we didn't want to become known as the Luke church because that's the only thing we've reached. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let me, let's say, let me just pause it there. Cause I know, I know that there's studies and there's wisdom and there's people that are like, you know, you shouldn't spend longer than this amount of time in a book. And I really just think that, there's some subjectivity to that. You know, I mean, I, it depends on the preacher. I think it, well, it depends on the preacher. It depends on the congregation. You know, there's, there's a lot of factors, but let me say it both ways. There's nothing wrong with preaching through Luke for four years in right. and of itself. Right. And let me also say this, there's nothing wrong. If you take six weeks to go through Luke, uh, assuming right. that you're being faithful, you know, in, in both regards, you know, right. that you're, that's right. You're, so I just want to point that out. It's not, don't, in fact, if you feel superior because you preached through Luke for four years and someone else, you know, feels superior that they only, they only took them six weeks, you know, I'd say both those motivations are wrong That's because right. what, what, what we're trying to do when we preach the word is we're trying to feed the people what God has given to us in his book. Right. So, yeah. so in the way so when I was coming out of Luke, I was like, man, I want to, I want to do something a little shorter just because we'd been in something that was longer. So we did a short and I was out of the pulpit a couple of times this summer for mission trips and things like that. So I, uh, I preached a short series this summer through Jude. And then I actually took a couple of months, which this is very rare for me. Um, because I'm almost always preaching through a book, but I, I preached for probably 10 weeks. I preached through just various subjects, done some um, topical preaching, preached through the issue of dealt with the, some, some of the texts that deal with elders and deal with pastors and those things. And some things just that our church, I felt like our church needed to hear at this point in, um, in the life and ministry of our church. And so we dealt with those. And then I wanted to go to the Old Testament. We had been in Luke. We ha I had done a series during the pandemic through John chapter three. Uh, we had been in Jude. We had just done a lot of New Testament. And I just felt like we needed to get back to the Old Testament. The last uh, book that had been we had exposited had been quite a while ago, and it had been Habakkuk. And, and that's another short book. And so... Um, had been wanting to preach Jonah for a long time. And uh, so I even reached out to you, you know, here a while back for some, uh, just some different commentaries that you'd used. And so I, I got a hold of some of those and 
just started studying and felt like that was the right place to go. So we, so we're working our way through Jonah. I don't know. We're probably going to, we're not, it's not going to be a long series. It's probably going to be something like six sermons probably be done with Jonah as we're getting into the holiday season. And uh, then we'll probably be looking at starting with, and I'm actually still in the process of deciding what will be our next book, but we'll probably start with something at the beginning of January. I do have a long-term goal. When I started Luke all that time ago, my long-term goal is to cover all of Luke and Acts. Um, and, uh, but I may go ahead and we've, we've done so much narrative uh, in our church. I feel like we may need to, I, I may do another epistle, maybe one of Paul's epistles, shorter epistles, uh, and then go back and start Acts. But so let's that's, back kind of, up. that's kind of the process that I'm using. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Let's back up. Before you preach week one of Jonah, is there anything, and this may be different with every book, but before you preach week one, you're a few weeks out. Is there anything that you're doing different with the book of Jonah? Or is it just like, okay, I don't want to preach Jonah. And then you get to that week and you're like, okay, now I'm, I'm studying like normal. Or are you doing anything prior to that? Just curious for your, uh, just curious to know your, your method here. Well, when I first start when I first have the idea, Hey, I might would want to preach that I'll go and read the book a few times and be like, okay. Uh, and really I'm just reading it to remind myself what all, what all's in here, you know? And, uh, is, is there something, um, you know, just kind of, and, and, and I'm just re re familiarizing myself with the book and maybe a few times into those readings, I'm beginning to go, okay, this is going to be a really helpful text. Uh, maybe I'm, I mean, I'm just going to be really honest. Maybe I start recognizing this one's going to be pretty difficult text, you know, when we get there and I, and I may be even starting to get an idea of, of, you know, how am I, how, how might this break out? You know, how might I try to preach this? I'm, not necessarily just how many weeks and sermons, but where are the natural breaks in this book going to be? Uh, for example, here a while back, I, ha I thought about, I thought about the book of judges and we still probably will do the book of judges at some point, but I went back and I read it a little more and I was just like, you know, I don't think it's the right time. So we're not going to do that one right now. One time I, one time I preached through the book of Ruth. And the first sermon in the book of Ruth was one sermon on the book of Judges. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, a couple questions I have. When you work, because there's various skill levels out there, when you work through the text, now, now, okay. So, you've kind of outlined. Oh, no. First question Do you try to come up with some sort of theme? Do you try to come up with, like, okay, the theme of, for example, when I preached through Jonah, I called it, Jonah, God's ocean of mercy, you know, um, and it kind of, I think captures a theme there, but do you try to come up with any kind of like overarching theme or you just, you just kind of take it week by week? Well, here's, here's the thing. And this is really kind of happened more organically than something I set out to do, but I noticed that this happened really started happening as I was preaching through Luke and then it went, um, and then it has just become pretty normal 
for me. But um, the thing, so every week my sermon, this, I heard a few years ago, I heard some pastors mentioning that uh, you ought to be able to put your sermon into a sentence. If you don't have the basic idea of what you're going to preach down in a sentence, you're probably not ready to preach it. And I have taken that and I, I basically boil my sermon down into a singular point or sentence that I work off of for the rest of the, of whatever that message is going to be. And what I've found is that point throughout a book of the Bible is often very similar, at least in texts like a narrative text, like Luke or even like Jonah. So for example, in Luke, I found that every week it was Jesus is Lord. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Jesus is Lord. And then this text is telling us this about how Jesus is Lord. So what, what about last week? And so you? in Jonah, I found that for me, Yahweh is sovereign and this is how Yahweh is sovereign. So wow. that has been, um, all three sermons. The central point has been Yahweh is sovereign and this is how he is sovereign. So this week it was Yahweh is sovereign over death and life because salvation belongs to Yahweh. And that it, was the basic thing that we were working off of. Yeah. Good. Okay. What about, what about your, so this is a question I was going to get. What about your skill level with Hebrew? And is that something, what, what, what's your encouragement there? Like, is there, is there any resources you use? Any thoughts? Like when you're preaching from the old Testament, anything, anything you want to say with that? Yeah. So, um, I'm not great with Hebrew. I, I took Hebrew in college. <laughs> I had two semesters, but I, I'll be honest. I really struggled with Hebrew. Um, I'm not a great linguist anyway, but I greatly prefer Greek. In Arkansas, um, we barely speak. We barely speak English. Right? That's right. That's right. So with that being said, um, uh, I really lean on the the same kind of tools that a person that had never studied Hebrew at all would have to lean on. I use now, and I've never really looked deeply into Logos. I've always heard people talk about how good it is. And maybe one of these days I'll be able to afford something, but I use uh, just simple free tool, blue letter Bible. I use that a lot. Um, And then uh, I try to use the, the, the work of, better scholars than me in commentaries. So, um, and usually when I'm working through a book of the, any book of the Bible, I will have a primary commentary that I'm now the way I, my method is I try to spend a lot of time in the text myself, basically work out an outline of the text. And then I'll even have a, a, not just an exegetical outline, but I'll have basically the outline of what I plan to preach all done before I go to the commentaries. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the commentaries kind of as a check. But that being said, I usually have a commentary that I'm, that I'm primarily using and then the others to supplement that one. So for example, with uh, Jonah, um, you're, I know you're a closer friend uh, to him than uh, I've just met him a couple of times, but brother, Randall Easter wrote a, a wonderful little commentary on Jonah, and that's probably the primary commentary resource. And he and he really does a good job, um, actually, even providing his own translation of each verse. 
and breaking down those things. So that's really helpful to a guy that's not as not a great Hebrew student like myself. And so, um, so I, that's, that's basically my process as I work through week to week, working through a book of the Bible. So now more of a textual question. You just finished Jonah too. Did Jonah die? I, I preached that Jonah did died. I said, I, I presented to my church both ways that you could interpret it. Um, I argued for the fact that, um, that you've got to interpret it as at least a metaphor of death and resurrection, because Jesus says it's the sign of the prophet Jonah. He will be three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, just as Jesus is three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So I argued you you you've got to you've got to consider at least a metaphor for death and resurrection, but I also put forward that I think it's a metaphor for the way that God saves sinners because Jonah was into the water, and he and if you you take his prayer of Thanksgiving, are you talking about baptismal regeneration? No, Jonah, <laughs> no, Jonah was into the water. And, you know, his prayer, he doesn't say anything about the fish in the prayer. The fish is mentioned before and after the prayer, but not in the prayer. And so I took it that Jonah dies in the water. He's drowned. He dies. He's at the bottom of the sea. The fish swallows him dead. God resurrects him in the belly of the fish, just as he resurrects Jesus in the tomb. And just as he resurrects the dead in sin sinner. And then Jonah responds in prayer to God after he's been resurrected. And I told our church, I said, I believe this is exactly the way that we're saved. We're dead sinners. God comes and takes out the heart of stone, puts in a heart of flesh. He, he does the work of regeneration. And then we respond in repentance and faith. And so Amen. Uh, that, that is exactly how I preached it. What? Okay. That text is easy. You've got, and what I mean is it's easy in the sense that Jesus makes a reference. Yeah. So it's really helpful. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, okay, this is easy tied to Christ. But as you're preaching through Jonah, um, how do you, what, what is your strategy? Like, how should you be preaching Christ from the book of Jonah? Man, I, I think the whole book of Jonah is, is pretty easy. You know, you see, um, you know, in chapter one, uh, you really there's there are a lot of parallels in every chapter. In chapter right. one, you see the parallels. Even though Jonah is disobedient and he's running from the Lord, you see parallels with Jesus being asleep in the boat, Jonah asleep in the boat, um, and you also see uh, just opportunities to preach Christ in the in the way that the um, that the that the mariners kind of keep trying to lean on themselves and then they eventually just have to, you know, submit to the sovereignty of God. And you, I just see Christ really in every chapter in the book of Jonah. And, um, what would you, what would you say though? What would you say? I think I told our church, well, I told our churches, the sent, I told our church, the central, um, I think the central thing in the entire book of Jonah is, that last statement at the end of Jonah's prayer, salvation belongs to Yahweh. And that salvation is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, I mean, if that's the central message of the whole book, which I I think it is, then 
as we're going through the book, everything that ties back to that's going to point us back to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, so let, let, let me kind of turn this around a little bit. Well, hold um, on. Cause hold on. Let's, okay. let's finish. Let's finish okay. this episode with you. And okay. then, and then, you know, cause we, 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 we've, uh, we usually go about 30 minutes and we've gone almost 20 minutes. So okay. it'd be good. And then we could turn around and we'll talk. We'll Sounds talk about, about Ephesians in the next episode, but yeah. So th- yeah, th- that's, that's kind of the question I, I want to talk about with you know, there's different hermeneutics out there. You're not dispensational. What, what is your hermeneutic? What is your understanding of the, uh, how the scriptures fit together. Well, I I would I'm a I would say covenant theologian except for I want to be careful that I don't overstate like I have a greater understanding than I do. I mean, I want to I want to understand the Bible the way it was written, but I think it was written understanding the covenant that God made with his people, the promise, what I would say the promise of the covenant of grace that we see in the Old Testament the fulfillment, the accomplishment of the covenant of grace in Christ. And I say, I think we see that throughout the Bible. So, um, so I mean, I, you know, I think every, every place in the Bible, we're going to be able to see how it fits into the promises that God made, you know, to Adam and Eve in Genesis three uh, with the, with the proto evangelion with God's promises to Abraham Um and even when we look at, in at the old covenant and we see, you know, that greater expression of the covenant of works, we still see God expressing promises of grace all the way through as he responds. And I think that's what, what we see even in the book of Jonah, when you see God showing himself to be a God who relents of calamity when people humbly repent of their sin and believe God, which is exactly what it says in Jonah chapter three, that the people believed God, people of Nineveh believed God. Hey man, here comes Jonah to the people of Nineveh, their enemy. He preaches. He's not, he's ethnically, you know, different. He's, um, an enemy of the people as it were. He says, Yahweh's going to judge this place and they believe him. Yeah. Jesus comes in as, friend one of the people preaches they don't believe him yeah. that's his point one greater than judge than than jonah is here right yeah and yeah. uh so those kind of those kind of spots of um are easy but you know well, this would be a whole nother episode but there are other things that as you read through jonah just like this is obvious pointing us forward you know to our lord oh, christ yeah. you yeah. know so any, any, any concluding thoughts you have or encouragements you have about preaching through the old Testament or preaching through a, a narrative like Jonah? Yeah. Well, and especially, man, I would, I would encourage guys to think through, uh, if you've never preached through the, any of the minor prophets, man, it's, just, you know, we're really getting a lot out of Jonah. I'll tell you when I preached through Habakkuk, that was so fruitful for our church. Of course, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. That being said, I I remember now when I preached through Habakkuk, it was January of 2020 was when oh. I preached through Habakkuk. And of course, I did not know 
what was coming, <laughs> but, um, I felt, I feel like, and I even had people in my church, uh, in the spring and summer of 2020 coming to me and saying, you know, the things that we learned in the book of Habakkuk were so helpful to us as we were going through that season with the pandemic and all the craziness and all that stuff. So, um, I'm, I'm not saying try to diagnose whether or not there's going to be a pandemic because I didn't do that. But I am saying there is so much that is valuable in the Old Testament, especially in those minor prophets that we can so easily look over because they're small books, because they're short books. It's an amazing thing as you preach through the Bible, how and we all have these stories where your text and the events of the day just line up. Mm. and you didn't have any plan for that or it addresses things going on in your church sometimes you didn't even know about you know so this is the the wonder and the glory of the living and active word of god anything else you want to add to that before we end this one you know i you know we both love the word of god and here's the reality uh i i was listening to a conversation between uh uh john MacArthur and John Piper the other day. And I, I think they said something to this effect. And I think it is true. You know, if we're, if we're going to, or it made me think of it this way, maybe they didn't say it this way. I don't want to, I don't want to misquote, but it made me think of it this way, man, if we're going to do effective ministry, if we're going to do the kind of ministry the Lord has called us to in the local church, I think it requires three loves. And I would even say three loves in this order. We have got to primarily love the Lord. Amen. We've got to love the Lord. Amen. Or anything else, we got to love the Lord. And then we have to love God's word. We have to love God's word the way he said it. No apologies. No, no trying to figure out a way around tough things that he said. I had an interesting conversation with a brother this morning, even discussing the issue of, you know, was Jonah really swallowed by a fish? Well, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't even back up from that from something like that because we trust, we love, and we trust what God says in his word. And then third, we that ought to cultivate a real love for people, a love for the church, a love for people in the community, the people around us that they would believe and be saved, a real love for people that comes out of a love for God and a love for his word. And, um, and I think that will always come out in real exegetical expository preaching. Amen. That's a good word. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Rule Church Podcast. Say goodbye, Eddie. See you guys next week.